Hello everybody, I'm Derek Harden and welcome to Monday Night Live, live and uncut podcasts for people who are lifelong learners. Tonight I'm going to talk about two books that I've recently read, in fact very recently. Number one, The Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett. And on Stephen's podcasts, he talked about uh, Professor Steve Peters, who's written his fourth manual on um, on the psychology of performance, basically. And uh, Steve has five five degrees. He's a GP, uh, and of course, he's the guy that trained Chris Hoy and the Sky Sports team to uh, win, win the Tour de France, and also a number of football teams as far as I know. So I'm just going to share my screen, which uh, is coming up now. And perhaps, uh, David, you can tell me as you're unmuted whether you can see the screen or not. Yep, that looks good. Thanks. Fantastic. And uh, we'll talk about the diary of a CEO, which I demolished in about five days with a highlighter pen, destroying it, putting notes in it, as my wife says, and uh, coming up with uh, a few tips. What I particularly like this was that it tended to agree with my unconscious bias about uh, training and tips and issues that I've read over the last 30 years, but brought up to date by Stephen in this new book. I didn't see it much about a diary of a CEO. I saw it about uh, more about 33 laws of business and life. So it talks about 33 laws, but the first three laws that I hit were, um, having five buckets to fill up and keeping them full in life if you uh if you read about it the real way to become a master and you can't get into mastery is unless you teach it which uh, we all know live on this podcast because we're all lifelong learners but for people who are watching this uh, on youtube or listening to it um put yourself out there teach your team take a five minute five minutes uh, time out and put point out the points that you've learned when you've been talking to people and ask don't tell another very obvious one but to, he put a different spin on it which i'll turn to now so what what steve says is fill up your bowls first you cannot help others from empty bowls and number one is knowledge keep your knowledge topped up which the world's changing so fast in 2023 2024 knowledge is key information's power and with artificial intelligence moving at such a fast pace with top podcasts becoming so popular make sure you keep your knowledge and information topped up which will of course increase your skills you'll never be out of work you'll never be not doing something your skills are on the pace and then network having a big network networking with people putting yourselves out to build that network to keep in touch with people absolutely key keeping your resources there you have the people that you know using your resources and of course keeping your reputation and reputational risk is a big thing that most companies look at uh, big time now and this is why we uh, why we uh, encourage Monday Night Live so that our knowledge base can be kept up and which is why I've interviewed over 190 thought leaders with their ideas going over the last uh, three years. Number two, teach it. 
it was Yogi Bhajan who said, if you want to learn something, read about it. If you want to understand something, write about it. If you want to master something, teach it. You can't be a master unless you teach it. And those of us that have taught uh, and have spent their lives teaching in different ways or lecturing in different ways, we know that you learn so much when you put your head above the parapet, get outside the box and decide that you're going to pass this on to other people and teach it. And finally, the one I wanted, this is the one that hit me more than anything, uh, ask don't tell. Well, we know that, but influencing ours and other people's behaviours. So he uses the example of signs which say, please recycle, or ask the question, will you recycle? And then asking the question, will I eat vegetables today? Will I go to the gym today? And the point being that I see I missed a question mark out off there. I should have got someone to check it, but uh, not uh, didn't have time for that today as we were going live in five minutes time. Um, starting the question with will implies ownership. And I thought about that and I thought, will I stop procrastinating today and send those 10 emails out? And I thought you can't help answering that question with a yes because it's on your agenda. And therefore, if you do ask, answer it with a yes, that's gonna make a massive difference. So, Stephen Bartlett, diary of a CEO. I'm not selling it for him. I'm not pitching it for him. I don't even know the guy. Perhaps he ought to give me a credit for uh, pitching his book for him uh, uh, unconditionally. Then we turn to Professor Steve Peters. Uh, the famous uh, author that's been in the charts, uh, the book charts for about seven or eight years with the chimp paradox, who worked with Chris Hoy, several high performing sports teams. Uh, he is a medical doctor, got five degrees, been a GP, been a psychiatrist, uh, and now spends most of his life uh, coaching and developing people and getting them away from that inner negativity the thing that stops sports people and high achievers really high really achieving their goals so let's have a look at some of the issues that i picked out at the beginning of the book number one the mind produces as we know thoughts behaviors and emotions that's the mind operating system but a lot, a lot of those thoughts and behaviors uh, aren't unhelpful. They're defensive. They go back to uh, when we lived in the jungle and we needed to protect ourselves from other people. In today, well, depending on where you live in the world, I guess, as we look at the news broadcasts, um, we don't need to worry quite as much as that. But those negative thoughts are unhelpful. So he talks about team one, the chimp, the inner chimp, the person that keeps you safe, that talks to you quietly, but is usually pretty negative. Team two, the human, and that's the stick figure that he draws in the book to keep it simple. The uh, person that uh, rationalizes things, thinks them through and um, puts the input together with the chimp into the computer, which uh, 
rationalizes it. So they're the three issues that run through the book, the chimp, the human, and the computer. Now that is such a huge way of simplifying the issues that I, did, I didn't buy into it till I read the beginning of uh, A Path Through the Jungle when, uh, when he explains totally to us the way the brain really does work. And it's such a complicated system that simplifying it into three, I can see how he's been so successful in dealing with negative thoughts in high achieving people and high achieving sports people. So we have an experience and team one, the chimp, interprets it by emotions. Team two, the human, interprets it, the facts, by facts. And then emotional input and factual input go into the computer. And as, as I was writing this, I was thinking about it big time. And I was thinking about decisions that I have made or nearly made by the chimp being bullied into it by a strong personality, being uh, sold at by a salesperson who wants you to make a decision there, doesn't want you to go back and think about it overnight as team two, the human would be, and import it into, into your computer so you can make a rational decision. And I'll ask you, how many decisions have you made on the spur of the moment, perhaps irrationally, because your emotions said, yeah, let's go for it. Or somebody else has said, yes, go, let's go for it. When perhaps you shouldn't. It's very interesting thinking back to those issues. And the uh, chimp and the human, the basis for working is very different. The chimp works with logic and emotion and uh, the human works with logic and emotion. The difference is how we use them. And the reason Peter's talked about chimpanzees and the similar animals, they are, they are the closest animals that have brains like us. So that's why he used the metaphor of the chimp. Now the chimp's role is to focus on the problem and the human's role is to focus on the solution. I'm going to bring David Skinner in in a minute because he's done a lot more work on this than me. But back to the human, looks at things logically, analyzes the emotions, and takes action. But of course, the chimp sees things on an emotional basis first, and then um, maybe puts some logic into it and takes action. But you can see the uh, the pie would be much more emotional for the chimp and we've all got a chimp inside us talking to us making quick decisions so for example if we were going to choose a meal the human would say logic says we should uh, have a healthy option the chimp says i'd rather have that ice cream even though the human knows perhaps it doesn't make sense going into the computer you take you can take advice hello my uh, screen's taking off on its own let's go back to there yeah got it the human discussing a heated topic which uh, made me think about all those negotiations that i get involved in um the human says let's find a solution the chimp says let's win an argument 
goodness me, all the wars that go on around the world uh, uh, that to go on are all about winning, aren't they? Rather than finding a solution to the problem. I was talking to Palamine about what's going on this morning and uh, what is a solution to some of those issues where there's been wars going on for 2,500 years in the Middle East and uh, they're still going on. It's very interesting. In fact, the uh, book Getting to Yes was written when the Harvard Business School went to look at how Palestine and Israel could come to a win-win agreement in the 1980s before they blew each other up because the whole world would have been in a lose-lose situation. I expect some of the Harvard experts are working on it now. I certainly hope so. David, are you there to um, chip in with uh, your thoughts on this? Because I know you've studied Peter's more than I have. Uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps David's not there. Um, come I, was in. On, I was on mute, sorry. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't read the book that you're, you've you've been talking talking to, but the the Chimp Paradox, and he's written another book called Silent Guides, which I actually found a little bit more useful. Um, I mean, I think one of the things you've done brilliantly there, Derek, is articulate what a useful book this it, the, the concept the Chimp uh, is in terms of giving us a language to talk about our behaviour. Um, and just before we were on, we were talking talking about certain situations, and it's so easy to intuitively just fall into the chimp human computer language. And I think that's incredibly useful. Um, it's very, very easy to use. And I mean, whatever you think about it, um, it's been hugely successful because people find it useful. Uh, it's intuitive. They can apply it to their own situation, and you can you can. Um, expand expand it there's a couple of areas I, I feel i always have to get over my discomfort with it um which is probably more about me than it is about steve peters um the first is that i get pulled into thinking it's an anatomical description of how the brain operates which really is irrelevant because if it's useful it doesn't matter quite what the reflection of the anatomy is um, and i don't think it's very good in, in a description of how the brain works because it's just constant the, the brain is an inter interrelated set of systems and you can't just pull it out to different modules and uh say that's how it works nevertheless those systems you you can look at how your behaviors operate and categorize them and i think that's quite useful for it um i don't like the way that he talks about you being the human and your chimp being something else, because to me, being human is about encompassing what he calls the human, the chimp and the computer. And I think we should value all aspects of that. And our job is to make them balance and integrate so that we function effectively, which actually is when you get down to what he's talking about. That's what he says. And he also says this isn't an anatomical description. It's just a functional description. So. I think what it, the terminology sometimes sucks people into those thinking those things. Um, uh, and finally, the I'm not particularly comfortable with the slightly adversarial approach that he has between how the different systems operate. One's trying to control another. Um, I mean, he, he talks about the use of the, 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 the rational human versus the irrational chimp. Well, 
if you read others, they'll say, well, the, the chimp, as he describes it, is incredibly rational, because if you're going to, if you're in front of a bear that's about to eat you, the most rational thing you can probably do is run away or climb a tree or whatever the answer, right answer is. And equally, your rational thinking brain does some really, like your, I've, I've fallen into the trap, your cognitive thinking brain does a lot of very irrational things like spending 24 hours a day browsing the internet for no good purpose. Um, so it's not about one bit controlling another. It's about them all operating in balance and recognizing when they're not. Uh, so I think that's where he gets to in the end. And I can come up with two or three examples where I think that's really, he's got some really useful frameworks. I don't know, is that, is that helpful, Derek? Brilliant, David. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I was struck when the chimp paradox, which I'd had and read and well looked at and given up on, was in every um, was ever in every bookshop at uh, number one, and um, of course I get it now, and that's thanks to uh, that's <laughs> that's thanks to Stephen Bartlett and his podcast, which is uh, which is interesting as well. So uh, just moving on to finish off here. Um, here we go. I like this particular example. Um, two tires have blown. This is the end of the world. We can see the chimp screaming and the rational driver, which is us, I guess. Let's form a plan of action. And the computer says, what's the plan? So team one's the chimp. Team two's the human. Team three is the computer. A vastly simple way of uh, using a metaphor for this hugely complicated brain that we've got. But uh, I remember Paul McKenna saying most people know how to program their DVD rather than they know how to program the computer. Well, of course, if you put uh, garbage into your uh, computer brain, you get uh, garbage out. And if you read the Daily Mail every day, you'll get uh, you'll be putting garbage in and social media is exactly the same so we're bombarded by rubbish it depends on how we use our brain to uh, pick up the information and make rational decisions on it rather than chimp decisions um monday night live podcast for me live and uncut interviews with thought leaders now i'd like to um go down to dorset to uh, my pal godfrey who has been looking one or two of his books up or one book up which uh, took him by surprise and really hit his hotspots. Godfrey, are you there? I am here. I'm just waiting for a helicopter to uh, fly over my garden because I can't hear a word anybody's saying, but it'll be just 30 seconds. Well, we, um, can, we can hear you, Godfrey. So okay, that, that's, that's good news. Well, even better news, everybody. Um, Derek actually uh, phoned me uh, at mid-morning coffee time, so I've had far more time to uh, get something to share with you than I normally get from Derek. So thanks, Derek. Um, I need to just set the context a little bit. So um, there are several of you here who, like me, had a, a career with Barclays. Um, I had 25 years with Barclays and was lucky enough to end up at the end of that as a senior manager in risk management. I had about 120 staff in my team and it was all good fun. Um, but I decided um, that I would leave. I'd always had a, a hankering to run my own business. And it was only really when I left that I appreciated 
the fantastic training that I'd had in Barclays, both formally at the management training centres and informally on the job. And looking back, that was 25 years of fantastic training uh, that I was given. Um, and when I left to start uh, my own business with another, we were financial investigators, private detectives, as many of you know. A lot of our clients were the high street banks. We worked for the top 50 law companies and so on. And in the end, we, we grew to 45 regional offices around the country. But I was on my own. It was quite a lonely place. And all my training was kicking in, dealing with staff and resources, premises, money and, and so on. And I was looking for more help. And I came across a book that just struck uh, the right chord with me. Um, and I'd like to share that with you. And it, it focused really on the principles that I'd been brought up on, which were those man management principles of leadership, communication and motivation. And I needed a little bit more help to continue to grow our business. And I came across a fantastic book. Some of you may know it. It was written by Sir John Harvey Jones, and I'll share his biography with you. And it was called All Together Now. And it struck a chord because this was a guy I respected who'd had a fantastic career and he tried to keep things very simple. He had a very no-nonsense approach. So John Harvey Jones uh, was born in the 20s. He went to uh, Dartmouth Naval College as a naval cadet. By the age of 24, he was the commander of a submarine and had a very distinguished war career. When he came out after World War II, he went to Cambridge University and mastered Russian within six months. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And he then uh, was part of a team on a fishing boat in the North Sea in the Baltic, um, but it was a naval intelligence boat, <laughs> although not to the outside world. And uh, he worked for naval intelligence, gathering everything that we needed to know at the time about the Russians. So he had a fantastic grounding in... Uh, leading men and uh, he clearly had a very sharp brain he went on as many of us will remember to be chairman of ICI the big uh, conglomerate uh, which he was chairman of six years and then latterly uh, towards the end of his uh, career and life um, he ran a very interesting program on BBCT called troubleshooters where he would go in and offer really practical down-to-earth help with companies that were struggling so this was the sort of guy that I could relate to. And uh, I read this book in 1995. I then uh, listened to a debate he took part in at the Institute of Directors. And I'd like to share with you notes I made at the time, which I've only just read first time in 20 years uh, that I made. Having read his you, book. Where did you find those up in the loft? <laughs> and you, the loft now. you know my filing system, Derek. And um, uh, a precy of that debate. And like all good precies, 
it was half a side of A4 in bullet points. So I had condensed the book and the debate. And I am going to read a little bit, um, but it's very punchy. To be a good leader, not a manager, the three most important attributes are have a vision, have good communication skills and motivation skills. Remember, staff come first. He, he was right on my page um, or I was on his. It is not necessary to have great innovation or imagination. Somebody else in the company is probably the ideas man. Harness all the staff's good ideas. It helps to have the following background. And wait for it, chaps. I went, woohoo. It helps to have a background in accountancy or banking. I went, phew, thank goodness for that. And it is important to have actually done the job on the shop floor. Don't ask your team to do anything that you have not done or would not be prepared to do. And finally, and this is where Derek said, come on, be as, uh, uh, as provocative as you dare. <laughs> but the final thing I've written down here, and this is my typing 20 years ago. It is not necessary to have IT background or skills. <laughs> <laughs> And it is a complete waste of time to read a great number of management guru books. Do the job. And uh, you can come back on me on any of that, but it just rang a bell with me. And for me, it's true today as it was 20 years ago. Thanks, Derek. Well done, Godfrey. Thanks very much for that. Uh, it just shows you how the world changes, I guess, doesn't it? Uh, um, but uh, I don't think anyone did read management books in those days, but they probably read his. He was probably one of the very first ones. Yeah, he probably was. And there are some lessons out of there, aren't there, that um, yeah. good leaders do and, um, you know, action. Um, too much theory. You can talk and talk forever. In the end, you've got to plunge in and do it. And I learned that when uh, we were starting our business from mm. scratch uh, with no absolutely nothing and uh, you think of all the resources that it goes into building a business. Uh, at some point, you've got to roll your sleeves up and just do it. Um, but staff are so crucial. Uh, if you're running a, a team, whether it's sport, in business, wherever it is, it is the staff that are crucial to your success. So uh, a lot of those points are as valid today as they were then. Absolutely, Godfrey. No, thanks for that. It's interesting. I mean, I've always wondered how anyone can lead when they don't know how to do the job. Um, and I mean that in a broadest sense, you know, leading by leading by example, know, knowing what you're doing. And the best leaders I know found out about the job and understood it and uh, had a go at it in, in, a, in a way and learnt, uh, learnt from that. Yeah, you are provocative, but that's great. Thanks for doing that. I'm gonna stop the recording in a minute and then throw, throw it open to questions. People share any books that they've read or any ideas or any podcasts now. Podcasts seem to be becoming more and more available. Um, I've decided to call this a podcast rather than um, rather than a YouTube video because I see other people do that now. So uh, uh, podcast is becoming that generic word, I think, like VHS. 
Uh, that woke me up last week. It's funny how things change. Anyway, Monday Night Live, thanks Godfrey for joining us. David, thanks for joining us. Questions, please, in the chat box. And uh, see you next week.